watch movie based on video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British, Luigi's Latino, Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 3 of Video Games the Movie. I'm Blaine J, your host, and with me as always, co-host James Milholland. Hello everyone! And this time we're going to be talking about the movie Resident Evil. Now, if you're not familiar with the show, we talk about, you know, movies based on video games. So we're talking about Resident Evil, the first one. Um, yeah, this came out when I was 22 years old. I remember it being a huge deal James I don't know if it was big to you like Resident Evil was the biggest game for me in my teen years I think you're of similar mind it's one of the uh, 110% yeah. I was counting down the days for this movie to come out <laughs> yep and you know what it didn't disappoint back then it really didn't I went and saw it for me at least I thought it was a great film I watched it many times as soon as it came out to DVD I bought a copy I loved this film. Now, it had been 10, 15 years since I rewatched this. Um, it didn't quite hold up as well as I thought, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, what did you think on the second watch? The, the, uh, well, the first watch, watch, the first watch when I saw it, I was, yeah, I don't know, 18. Uh, I went to the movie theater. I was going to go by myself, and one of my friends, you know, tagged along, and we watched it, and I didn't like it. I, you know, I thought the first, the, the movie, I mean, the video game, the first video game was so well done. They had a mountain of characters, mountain of story, and then I go watch this, and I'm just like, where was everybody? Where was everything? Yeah. What was that? Why did I put so many hours of gameplay in, and I'm going to this movie, and I don't see it? And then I remember I went home, and I was thinking about it, and I was meditating about it, and I was like, oh, shit, it's a prequel. I get it now. All that stuff could have happened beforehand. And then it all made sense, and then that calmed me down. I did go out and buy it and watch it again, and I confirmed my original thoughts of it being an actual prequel, um, although I wouldn't be confirmed of that until four movies later, yeah. which we'll talk about that when we get to that fourth movie. But at, yeah. at that point, I was like, okay, yes, the games are all canon. Those things were all happening you know, at the same time or after this movie. So I did start to like it then. Uh, after the rewatch this time, eh, it was okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's good. It has some qual good qualities, and it's got some weird stuff. But for the most part, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, it, it was all right. I've, I've got a series of notes in front of me. I'll just kind of hit some of these uh, bullet points that I wrote about the film. Um, one of the things I noticed right off that I didn't really, you know, understand when I was younger or maybe it just didn't dawn on me is why is the computer, I guess the, the red queen. Yeah. Why is she fucking with people? Like there are two scenes in particular that, that got me. There's the opening scene where the elevator is going up and down and like it, it sees this chick has her head out the door and it like stops it right before she hits and then goes back the other way and decides to cut her head off, you know, that way. When there was no reason for it, a, a computer wouldn't think that way. You know, a computer, if it was looking to kill you, it would just kill you. Elevators don't work that way. But I've worked on elevators. You know, if the brakes on the elevator are locked in, they are locked in. You know, you can do any number of things. There have been virtually no deaths, deep, you know, due to brake failure on an elevator. There, it just doesn't happen. Um, 
So, you know, obviously it was a computer manipulating the brakes and it wanted to kill that chick for, you know, reasons and it wanted to fuck with her and like, oh, I'm not going to kill you and then killed her the other way. Again, computers don't have malicious intent behind them. They're not living things. And the other scene in which the computer shows that it has malicious intent is the laser scene where it traps those three guys or two guys and a gal or whatever it is in a room and it puts forth a, a single laser and it cuts the one gal in half. And then it puts forth another laser low that then goes high and it cuts that guy through the chest. But like the captain is ready for it and he like jumps up and hugs the ceiling and he, you know, it cuts his knife or whatever. And then the next one, it just does like this huge grid, which looked cool. It turned them into, you know, all these little pieces of meat. But there was no reason for it not to just start with the huge grid. No reason. It could have just, if it was, if its intent was to kill them, it should have just killed them. I agree. That's just the Red Queen doing her nasty thing, I guess. And I don't know, maybe she's borderline you know, artificial intelligence and not as much of a computer program as we're led mm. to believe. But that's a long stretch, too. I mean, even now, AI that would be capable of maliciousness is so far away. I mean, that's a human trait, you know. Uh, computers just don't think that way. Anyway... Well, so, Umbrella is a malicious company, so who knows? They pro <laughs> program that into the the uh, original basics of their software. I also have, as my second note, um, random unnecessary nakedness. I actually really appreciated this because I was for this. Yes, yeah, so I want to make that clear. I was for this. Yeah, Mila is the main character who plays Alice. She is so beyond gorgeous. I've always had a thing for her. She's a wonderful actress she has those big beautiful eyes um oh she's just everything you know as far as physical beauty is concerned that you could want in a woman and yeah she thankfully almost every movie she's in she's naked so thank god for that they didn't skimp on this one they did in subsequent titles but uh this one she gets naked a few times uh yeah Thank, thank you for that, and yeah, just it, it was surprising to see. I, I didn't expect a video game movie to have any nudity, and you know, there it was, so yay! And you get a glimpse of everything. Yes, you do. Show me your genitals. Your genitals. What? Show me your genitals. Genitalia! And <laughs> when she's falling off the table, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good, good thing. Um,. Anyway, and then, let's see, my my next bullet point, I don't know, do you have any, like, points that you want to make, or do you want me well, to... Well, I, I we were talking about this little pre-show, and I'll bring it up now, I guess, of sure. the connections to this movie, to Alice's adventures in Wonderland. Um, first, the main character is named Alice, so there's an there obvious connection. Um, the computer is named the Red Queen, which, again, yeah. uh, we have the Queen of Hearts in Wonderland, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, the queen, the Red Queen needs to kill someone who is infected, kind of like chopping someone off their head, or chop it, someone else yeah. chop off their head. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we had the way they enter, like the rabbit hole is through like a glass door. Kind of like the looking glass. Yeah. And then I guess when they leave, she she's standing on a chessboard, similar to um, the book. 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm, I'm reading this also. A white rabbit was used to test the T-virus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's another similarity. To enter the hive. I already talked about that one. I think that – those are the big the big uh, similarities that they talked about in the article that I read. <laughs> there is Matt. The guy named Matt is sitting on the ledge when Rain and JD hear the first zombie. This is mentioned in the commentary as a reference to the caterpillar. But uh, oh, yeah. okay. but it is mentioned in the commentary also. So there there was some purposeful you know uh, relation with this okay. and and the uh, Alice in Wonderland. Very curious. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. If it seems some of those seem like a stretch, but if that's mm-hmm. actually what they were going for, then that's what they were going for, and that's kind of cool to know. Um, yeah. I put you know, and this is something that is in almost every movie about some kind of virus I put oh sure keep the worst virus ever in a glass tube because <laughs> yeah I mean in this yeah. day and age I like to think that we keep things of this import in a little better sealed container than just a very breakable glass tube I mean this is something that you know I don't care how careful you are at some point you're going to drop whatever it is you're working on you know, this, this is just something that happens. And they have them in these completely breakable glass tubes that apparently if one breaks, all shit just goes. I mean, of course, we learn later in the film it was purposely broke by the Punisher. But uh, which, that's the only role I can ever think of that guy as being. is He was the Punisher. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he turns out being a bad guy. And he breaks it on purpose for his own, you know, needs or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't even remember really what he was trying it's to for, It's for Alice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He... Trying to make her dream come true. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then why do, Why are all the rooms in the hive, like, why is the ventilation so interconnected where you could break the virus in one room and it infects an entire facility? Yeah. Those of you that haven't seen this movie, it's like, it's imagine a gigantic underground building where over 500 people can work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you break a vial in one room and the, the whole entire facility is affected. I mean, there had to have been some sort of safety protocols in place to ensure that you know, that stuff was not spread. Yeah, you, you would think. But no, they just they have the same ducts that go throughout each and every room. And after they've spent presumably billions and billions of dollars to build this, you know, literal hive, it looks like a beehive almost of... Uh, just well below the city where it's only access is like, you know, a couple of elevators that get shut off. And then this train from a mansion, which is sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just okay. And yeah, that's, that's actually where the movie opens up. Um, and my next point is um, when you need drama, add memory loss. So the movie opens up with, <laughs> uh, with Alice waking up naked in a shower and she wakes up to see a red dress on on the bed and she doesn't know where she is she sees a picture of her and presumably her husband in this giant mansion and she puts on the dress and then within seconds uh she walks outside and i guess she's scared of the wind because this big wind comes gusting up i don't know where it came from or what you know it seems malicious like this wind coming at her and she gets scared to run back in and just at this point she's pulled in by this guy that we don't know who he is and then all these uh super trooper type SWAT team looking motherfuckers break through the glass 
and grab her up and put her on a train to take her to the hive. And, you know, before this, like, we, we don't know anything. She doesn't know anything. And the, the few the few scenes we get of the mansion do somewhat resemble the first game, which was nice. Like, there are a couple of rooms that you could kind of see, okay, I see what they were trying to do. It's not perfect, but... No. I wouldn't expect them to be perfect with it anyways because, you know, obviously the mansion in the game is fictitious. But they at least tried in that respect, and I applaud them for that. Yeah, it it resembles it, sort of. But sort then they, of. they leave it, you know, in the Immediately. first... Immediately. Yeah, yeah, right after. So, mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie takes place in the hive. Um, yeah, uh, so my, my next point, but I, I, I will just say, like, the CGI in this film... At the time, didn't bother me at all. Watching it now, it's pretty bad. I mean, it's pretty damn bad, especially the liquors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just horrifically comical to me. The whole time, it was just like, okay, that's beyond fake. It wasn't even like sci-fi television CGI now bad. It was, like, it was just like straight up bad. Uh, it, I... I guess, you know, just memory back then, I guess that uh, computers were a lot less so than they are now. I, I, I don't know. I, I went back and watched recently Back to the Future, the whole trilogy, and most of that held up pretty well outside of the one scene with the uh, shark, the 3D shark and two biting him. It all held up really well for, for the most part. And I, I don't know if that's just using actual models as opposed to you know trying cgi you know which was huge in the 90s huge now um yeah this was 2002 so it was still pretty big but um i guess still kind of in its infancy i don't know but anyway um one of the things i I wrote down here is that and maybe there was a scene that i just missed maybe i got up to use the restroom or something but when they introduced the dogs which are famous in all the Resident Evil games, you know, as being the scariest scene in the original Resident Evil is arguably the scene where you're just walking down the hallway and all of a sudden the dogs jump through the window and you're like, oh shit, you know, and you need to get out of there, you know. And there's a similar scene in this where she's running from a dog and then she locks herself in a room with multiple dogs. And, uh, yeah, she ends up expending all her bullets and then having to do like this crazy spin kick off the wall. Apparently a kick to the head will kill a dog. I, I don't know. Um... But the thing that got me was all the dog's skin is completely gone. You know, this hasn't been, it's been, what, like 24, 48 hours, something since, you know, does the virus somehow cause his skin to fall off of canines but not humans? You know? My only thought was maybe the dogs, you know, one got infected and they started eating the other ones and they all started getting infected and the dogs were just eating each other for... I mean, that's, that's a long stretch, too. I mean, to perfectly eat their skin off, but to leave, you know, everything else intact, not to really gnaw on any yeah. of the bones. Some of these dogs no, were missing right. portions of their face. Uh, I guess that could be explained by them ripping through the cages to get out, but and maybe the skin, too. Maybe it just happened to, like, grab the skin as they were pushing their way out of these things, and it, like rip their skin completely off but i mean it's done for dramatic effect the dogs look scary as fuck but what is the explanation for these dogs to have no skin you know again it didn't occur to me as a kid it it occurs to me now and it's just kind of one of those things like okay you know maybe i'm overthinking things as i often do um 
Hitler. No, I don't. I agree with you. Yeah, their skin, their skin is removed like perfectly, mm-hmm. symmetrically. I could see if like a big chunk was gone because something happened, but yeah, yeah like you're right. Pieces yeah. hanging off, or like they look, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just their skin is removed as though by some. He didn't like the talk of us uh, removing skin from dogs. Yeah, <laughs> or she. It's okay. All right. The the next point I'll make is, and I have written down. Um. Somehow civilians live while trained soldiers do not. And that's something <laughs> in this film, like they keep killing it. You know, they're introduced when the soldiers come in, they take them to the train and then they go to the hive and they almost immediately kill off the captain, which is like the coolest character, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and then they leave them with two or three soldiers who throughout the film are, are dying. Meanwhile, Alice and her, fake husband who I guess are supposedly trained, but they have amnesia. And then this guy that was just like a guy trying to shut down the, uh, the whole umbrella corporation through his sister, uh, are managing to live despite, you know, being the lesser trained, the lesser equipped. Cause all these SWAT guys, they have full gear, you know, riot gear on and, full guns, ammo, you know, knives, the whole nine. And the three that are basically, you know, thrown to the wolves somehow manage to live till the end of the film. Uh, kind of hilarious. Um, is it Michelle Rodriguez plays the part of, I, I don't know. It's someone that looks kind of like her, but yes, you're right. Hang on. Let me find her. I have um, a, a cast pulled up here, but no, it's fine. But that chick, in... Michelle she, Rodriguez, Rain. Her name's yeah, Rain. Okay, so it is Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, she mm-hmm. she keeps getting beat on throughout the film. She gets bitten pretty early. Um, you learn pretty early that a bite is fatal. She, you know, and they don't really address it much. They're just like, no, everything will be fine, and they don't like have any like discussion like you would normally. Like, oh, you've been bitten. We should put you down before you try and kill us, kind of thing. They do at one point, but only after she's been bitten so many times and she's like so on her last legs that, you know. Um, yeah, of course, she becomes a zombie and they have to kill her. And uh, I, Let's see. I, I will I will say I really respected Cappy, the character of Cappy. There's a scene. He's kind of like the computer nerd, you know, but he's always like a second too short on things, you know. <laughs> Poor guy's like... Can't remember the code of this. Can't get the doors open in time for this. Poor guy just can't catch a break when it comes to his computing skills. But he's evidently the most badass guy of the entirety of the film. Because there's one point where he's on this, like, hanging pipe or something, right? And mm-hmm. he has one bullet in the chamber. And they, you know, he shakes his gun out. And he's looking at these, these bullets in his hand. And, and only one still has, you know, a bullet in it. He's like, well, that's that's great. And you think, okay he's going to kill himself because they can't get to him. They're like, Oh, we'll come back to you. But there's a sea of zombies all, you know, and one is climbing up after him. And then you hear the gunshot and he shot the one that was climbing up and he goes, he throws the gun down to him because why not? And he says, you're going to have to fight for your meal or whatever. And they're like, well, we'll come back for you. Cappy. Of course they all figure he's dead. And then later in the film, uh, no, he's not dead. He's fine. He opens the door for him. He fries the Red Queen using this uh, switch he rigged up to fry her circuits. And yeah, gets them all out of there. So presumably he fist fought his way through a literal army of zombies and got to him. 
I don't know how, but what a great guy. Yeah, a little ridiculous. He was on that. I think he actually just turned around and saw a way to escape. I think that was it. Oh, yeah. On the pipe. And then he shot the zombie. He's like, yeah, yeah, you have to work for your meal. Oh, wait, hey, it's a door there. And then like, he just <laughs> crawls through like a, a vent ventilation shaft. Yeah, yeah probably. He's gone. It's like, you didn't notice that? Like, your life's on the line? You didn't turn around? Yeah. But yeah. I thought the zombies look pretty good in this movie. They um, did. Not the best zombies I've ever seen, mm. but compared to like the CG liquors, I mean, the zombies oh, yeah. were, you know, they're, they're okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, unfortunately they kill Cappy moments later. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to, he's piloting the, the train to get him out of the hive and the liquor. Liquor just gets... shows up and yeah, mm -hmm. eats him instantly. And then they fight the liquor and. It's, yeah. it's a terrible scene. Uh, one of the funny things that I put down here is bullets, no random pipes hanging from a net. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, one, why are there just heavy pipes hanging in the middle of a train from a net? You know, there's nothing else in that passenger car, but some like heavy pipe hanging yeah from a net and why it seems it unsafe right and a little thing pipe <laughs> swinging around yeah and it's on a movable chain you know and mm. yeah she shoots the liquor in the head multiple times with a gun and not much effect hits it you know with these pipes dude uh what i don't even know his name the one guy that manages to live um hits Matt. it with these matt yeah hits it with these stupid pipes Thing goes down, they close the door that for some reason is in the floor of a train, which also doesn't make sense, and cut off its tongue. And yeah, that's that's how they get rid of that liquor. And then because of the injuries that the liquor caused to Matt, he, uh, in the, the final scenes of this film, is uh, going to be the next nemesis. They, Ooh, this one's mutating. He's got these gross, like, worm things coming out of his body. He's like, I want this one in the nemesis program. So I guess that's how they explain nemesis in the films. And I, I do remember, we, we didn't watch it, and we'll get into it when we get on that show. Um, I do remember that, you know, nemesis is pretty prevalent in the second film. Uh, that one goes way off the rails, though. We're going to have a lot of fun on that one. This one tried to be your average like memory loss zombie movie you know and the main character alice is supposedly in the same army as these swat team guys that came in along with her husband who they find in a uh, in the train at the very beginning of the movie he's like locked himself in uh her fake husband though right her fake, they yeah they weren't actually married but she keeps having flashbacks of them like boning out so evidently yeah. there was something going on and as you said he's trying to uh save her and give her her dream or whatever by uh stealing the antidote for i, I don't you know it kind of always lost on me as far as his motivations but yeah he's the one that caused this whole thing you find out mm -hmm. he goes in bumps the guy with the coffee um, makes his day really bad and he's actually rushing out of there when he bumps that guy at the beginning of the film um, because he's just stolen the antidote to the virus and he's taken a vial of this very breakable virus thrown it to a room closed the door because sure airborne pathogens wouldn't just hit him just you know anyway whatever um, and he rushes out of there manages to get most of the way back to his mansion through the train uh, I guess question mark happens he locks himself in 
they find him, revive him. He also has memory loss. I guess it was probably the mansion's defenses shooting everybody with gas that caused him to also yeah. pass out and lose his memory. They mentioned the Red Queen can like reach him on his way out. I see. He, he didn't account for that. And yeah, and the Red Queen is based on the, I don't know, the inventor of the virus's daughter. It's about the creepiest fucking little kid you'll ever see. Um, yeah, she appears in a hologram in some scenes, and she's, as I mentioned, just very malicious. I don't know why she's wanting to actually harm the humans that could be potentially helping, but she does. And and she appears in part two as a real little girl. Yeah, yeah, and she's creepy there too. Mm-hmm. Creepy-ass kid. I don't know what yeah, it is sure. about children. Like, any any horror movie where they have a kid being creepy as shit, that is the scariest thing to me. I don't know why children are so creepy. I'm sure there's some psychological explanation as, as to why children are scary. You know, you think of like Damien from The Omen or the, or the kids from The Shining or something, and just like, yep, yep, that's the scary part. It's not Jack busting through the wall. It's mm-hmm. these little girls riding a bicycle, you know, or a tricycle. And uh, that, that stuff is unnerving, you know, to me. Uh, anyway... And this kid is about as creepy as they get. Uh, yeah, they, at the end of the film, I guess, you know, I've, I've kind of jumped around all over the place. Um, but uh, they get rescued, you know, in quotes, by these uh, people in full hazmat suits. They want Matt to go into the Nemesis program. And um, Alice wakes up on a gurney. And she's got all this shit just, like, in her body. Um, little needles and all this stuff. And then she, uh, as we mentioned before, kind of scoots her way off the edge of the table. And you get to see the moon. There's a moon out tonight. Let's go strolling. And very, very briefly, but there it is. If you've got a HD TV and pause capabilities, yeah, not that she's not naked everywhere, but you know, you want to see it in this film, you certainly can. And, uh, yeah, she somehow, and this is my last note that I have somehow manages to pick a magnetic lock using a bloody needle. So some combination of blood and needle equals magnetic strip. It opens the door for and uh, the last scene I believe we get to see is like a zombie walking across uh, what I guess was the examination room. Um, everyone else is dead for some reason. She's still alive. And I think that's where the next film picks up is her walking around outside now. And just the entire city of Raccoon City is completely demolished and in chaos. And Yeah, I think that's where it picks up and where it ends. But... Yay! Uh, assumably, she's the only survivor. Yes, and for those of you that have seen the part two, I believe at this point she becomes the super soldier. Mm-hmm. They inject the T-virus into her, but she doesn't change like the uh, like Nemesis. She was able to maintain her human form, yet now she has 
super special abilities. But we get into that in the sequel. Yeah, which that's where they really lost me. They're like, okay, now Alice, we're making you into a again a, like a Neo type character. You're the one. Yeah, you can manipulate all this stuff and. She gets to be, like you say, a super soldier, more super saiyan even, where she can just like blow up things with her mind and just it's ridiculous. In the first movie, she's just a person and that's pretty cool. Um, it's not a bad film. What do you think? I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, there, I would have taken it in a whole different direction, mm -hmm. like I said. Even if you're going to do it as like a pre prequel, um, you know, just... Just throw more Easter eggs at us than what they did. It would have been nice to see, like, maybe instead of ending it where they ended it, end it with, um, you know, her getting carted out with the Nemesis program and then show, like, a Stars helicopter, mm -hmm. like, coming in to land, like, behind the mansion, kind of like it happens in the video game when the Bravo team lands. I think that would have been a better ending. But I think they wanted to set up for the sequel. Yeah. Um, and just other little things, just pepper in the movie, just talk about the stars team, talk about Wesker, you know, they could, they could start introducing that stuff now to give us, you know, fanboys, just something to like, you know, point out and giggle at and like, ah, oh, no one else understands this, but I do cause I played the games. Yeah. There, there just wasn't enough of that. I felt in the movie, which maybe that's what they were going for, trying to distance themselves, uh, from the movie. Uh, one factoid I did read about this was it was supposed to be called Resident Evil Ground Zero, but uh, due to the events of September 11th and oh, yeah. um, that area being ca called Ground Zero, they removed that part of the title and just put Resident Evil, which you know maybe they should have said just change the name to let us all know it's a pre pre prequel to everything that's happened. Yeah, um, but. You know, we, we, you figure that out pretty quick, or at least most people did. I didn't. It took me a while to think about it and figure it out. But I thought it was, it was, it was good. It's good. It's um, not one that I would watch on TV if it was on. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll watch it every... Ten years. Ten years, <laughs> yeah, or something like that. It's... <laughs> Of the Resident Evil films, I think it's probably the best. I did, in trying to find this find out that there's a another Resident Evil movie that's just called Resident Evil that was never released here. It came out in like France, Germany, and Europe. I don't know what language it's in, but I I'm kind of interested in watching that one just period, you know. Next movie we're going to be watching for the show will be Doom, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh boy. It's it's been a while since I've seen that one, so we'll have to rewatch it. But uh, yeah, oh boy! Yeah, I just remember the the only scene I remember is the one famous scene that you know was made to look like it was in Doom. But we'll get to that on the next episode. Until then, if you want to contact us and tell us, you know, what show or what you want to see for the next show or whatever or how we're doing, uh, you can find me at Simon Belmont with an E at hotmail.com you can find james at goodbuddyjames at gmail.com you can find us both on facebook at our is it worth it podcast page i don't know yet if i'm going to make a page for this show or not probably just stick with the one for now maybe just kind of join them later we have a website that's still you know i need to be working on but i'm lazy as fuck the retro game core core spelled c-o-r-p-s you can find me at twitter at retro kel that's k-h-e-l you can find james at j milholland on twitter that's about it for our contacts i do want to shout out our friends over at the is it worth it podcast which is part of the 
RPG or the Retro RPG Show. You can find that on iTunes where you'll be able to find the Is It Worth It podcast we also do. And our friends over at the RPG Show, who is hosting this show, um, check out their show, Brent and Nick. They're great guys. And our friends over at Playing With Power, the uh, issue-by-issue um, Nintendo Power uh, show. Uh, they're great. Mike will probably be joining us on an episode of this at some point in the future. I think that's about it. You got anything else to say? Did I miss anything? Well, I think you hit everything perfect. Uh, hope, hope you guys are enjoying this show. We're having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. um, let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. We definitely want to hear from you uh, or your thoughts on any of the films we've already covered or future films. So send us those things. And until then, we'll see you next time. See you later, everyone. I nearly screamed when we first got on the scene. It's like a bad dream. What happened to the Bravo team? Baby, cause in the dark, there's no sign of the other stars. This simply cannot be. My friends are all zombies. Because when the dead rise, they rise together. Told you we're never dead forever. They just wanna your brains this umbrella's got nothing to do with rain now that they're dead it's such a pity what will happen to raccoon city we can put a stop to this umbrella we can overthrow this umbrella ella ella a overthrow umbrella ella ella a overthrow umbrella There's a lamp.